It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The Cyclone Fanatic Podcast is fueled by Cody Road. Recorded in the Wild Rose Casino and Hotel Studio. Welcome. It is football and random things. We are presented by Wiffles Hybrids. Connor Ferguson is out today. Jeff Woody will be joining us here in just a little bit. My name is Chris Williams. I am joined by the big man, Colin Newell. One and oh. One and oh, baby. I can't wait to talk offensive line with you. I want to talk about the Cyhawk game. We got a lot of geeky type stuff that I have picked up on. I've watched the game twice now. Looking forward to it. I want to thank our friends at Wiffles Hybrids for sponsoring us. And I also want to tell people, go buy their insurance from my main man, Colin Newell. There did, we go. Did you meet some people walking around the lots and stuff last week? I feel like that's good promotion for you. Yeah, absolutely. It was a good time just to get out there. And obviously, anytime you can be around Cyclone fans, I mean, are there my, better people out there? My God, I bumped into So I went, I missed you. I met you and your lovely wife, by yep, the way. Yep. Hey, boy, boy, you out kicked your coverage there. What yeah, in the hell? You know, <laughs> she even Christmas. She's a lucky you? girl for sure. <laughs> but uh, yeah, she. Uh, you know, when I was a little bit skinnier, a little bit younger, you know, tricked her and there you go. happily married now My for man. over a year. My man. So I went over there to say hi to Bloom, and I bumped into Schweiger and Bryce Meeker. Uh-huh. The those guys haven't gotten any smaller. Bryce Meeker is a monster of a human being. Slimmed up, definitely lost some weight, but like he's a massive monster. dudes, massive dudes, big what? shoulders. The old line, so I used to live with an offensive lineman, Scott Stevenson. Okay. I, probably way before your time, he was all Big Twelve guy. He was a center. Okay, so you got you have a Good lot dude. in common with him. Yeah, great guy. And when he got out of college, he looks like a different human now. Yeah, just he's still in good shape, but he just like. He's he's like half of what he was. It's what kinda, is that like? Do you just like because they used to like have to wake up and drink protein shakes at like three a.m. Right? Oh yeah, there would be times where it'd be like the pizza pit. Ugh. Half price pizzas after pizza nine p.m. Really good. And uh, we'd order order those and make sure we got our weight on and wake up in the middle of the night and drink protein shakes. That was definitely in the beginning of my career when I was trying to gain weight more. So then. Later in the career, but it, it's a it's a it's an experience. Yeah, no, you guys you guys put your bodies through a lot. That's for sure. Okay, well, let's get into it. 
Uh, get Colin's thoughts on the 30 to 9 win over Northern Iowa. And really, let's start to really look ahead to Iowa. I have a lot of thoughts on this. Can't wait to get Jeff in here. He's coming back from, a, I think it's public, and him and his wife are having a baby. They had a um, doctor's appointment this morning, so he'll, he'll be here to join us. Overall, Colin, what did you think about that win over Northern Iowa? I thought it was, I thought it was really good. You know, it wasn't anything flashy. We went out there, played really good defense, played really good special teams, which was, was awesome Very to see. refreshing to see um, that, yeah. Huge difference there. A couple big kick returns from Jalen Knoll. Um, just, just some awesome things to see. 56-yard field goal. You go on and on about the situational football that we played there and um, that third piece of football, the offense, defense, and then that special teams part being a huge part of the game um, was, was something that we, we saw a lot of uh, growth in and, and something that we saw that was, was very helpful to the offense and to the defense. Let's so. talk. I want to hit you specifically on the offensive line. Listen, like it, it wasn't a finished product, but I actually came away from that. Like if that's the baseline, I'm okay with this right now because I don't think in the second half, like you know better than me, but I think a lot of fans walk and I did the first time I watched it. I was like, man, I wish that Iowa State could have, you know, pounded it down their throats a little more in the second half and yeah. wore them down. But man, the play calling was really vanilla. I just, I kind of feel like you throw that out. Yeah, I was, I was just gonna say it's very vanilla. It was go out there, hey, we have a lead. Let's play with this lead. Let's make sure that we can get get our young quarterback um, going well. Get him confident. What did he complete? Ten of ten of thirteen. Ten of thirteen. You know, you can't one eighteen. Yeah, two touchdowns. You can't be mad about that. That's something. Go out there, be a game manager. Make sure we keep win the turnover battle. But that offensive line, um, pretty much stuck to inside outside zone. Um, didn't really give up much for pressures as far no sacks in the game, which is a huge, huge area of growth. A um, couple penalties. I'm sure they'll get those things corrected. A couple missed assignments. Yeah, that on. would be the picky part, I think, about the game. But that's a lot of times in game one, that's the case. That's, that's game one. That's stuff. These dudes are working together. They've been going through camp and seeing an odd defense playing against our defense. So you're going out there and you're going to see some different things. Um, I thought that they worked well together. I didn't see too many missed assignments. They were making sure to communicate. No, no blatant, like, holy crap, what happened there. Um, but I think that they'll clean a lot of that stuff up going into week two here. Having full game reps is, is something that you just can't make did, up in, in practice. When you watch the line specifically, did you pick up on different techniques or you know, could you tell they're being coached differently than when you played? I think they went out there and played really excited. I think that there was a lot of a lot of energy coming out of them. Um, definitely dudes firing off the ball. Yeah. Um, but I, I'll be really interested to see this week. I think this week, first week is, you know, there's a lot of nerves. There's a lot of excited energy. Um, and they're just getting their first reps playing next to each other at full speed. I'll be curious to see the... Uh, the, the week one to week two jump to see how they are able to um, handle that as well as playing a better defensive line. One of the things I picked up on, too, we, we saw Ben Bramer, the freshman tight end, get into the end zone. Big time. Um, I, I thought you mentioned the no hurries thing. The, well, clearly the tight end position. So they had, what, 18 or 20 pass attempts, eight targets to the tight ends. Mm -hmm. So clearly the passing game the tight ends are going to be involved, but I feel like it's a better blocking tight end group too. It was again, like last year when Easton Dean goes down, yep. you really got nothing out of that. Hanukkah was a good receiver, but he didn't, he wasn't a great blocker. It, it feels to me like everything we thought in the off season, you're going to go double tight a lot. 
Um, you're going to play really ball control style. You didn't put a quarterback in a position to screw up too much. Yep. I feel like we've nailed it up until now, right? Yeah. Like that was exactly what I thought Iowa State's offense would look like. Yeah, I think that the running game is going to progress too. I mean, you got some got some good dudes back there, a couple of young guys. Um, I think that we're going to be able to see this offensive line come together. I mean, game reps you just can't you can't make that up in practice. We go against an odd defense for a lot of practice and spring ball and all that, going against our own defense. So you get out there and you see a different defense, and it takes a game or two to to be able to see, hey, this is how they're going to react and. Every team plays a little bit differently. So those practice reps that you get against those scout teams are so valuable. Yeah. And then you get out to the game and you actually see what it's going to be like. And I think when we can get some of these young guys to maybe see some holes and make sure that these alignment are all working together, cleaning up some of those first game mistakes, that, that energy, that that excitement that's coming out. Because we, like I said, we didn't see many missed assignments. It was more just yeah. aiming points, things like that, where, hey, we clean that up and those dudes kind of get a little bit of confidence. It's just like any sport or any position. When you get confident you play a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Um, so when we're able to go out there and, and see, see us move some dudes and take those good points out of that, that film and be able to say, Hey, there were some really good things we did as an offensive line. I, I thought so too. Again, like in the moment I wasn't blown away. No. Watching the tape back. And I actually said to Rob Gray who works with us at halftime. I go, this, this second half is going to be unbearable. Yeah. Cause you just knew Matt was going to, I, I talked to a member of sports information last night, but I hadn't seen the participation chart. And apparently Iowa State played over 30 guys on defense. The cramping was a thing. Yeah. So I thought that was it, huge just to be able to get some of those dudes reps. I mean, the, the new rule that you can play four games and still redshirt is huge, especially in a game like that. Like, was that the case for you? That was not the case yeah. for me when so I that sucks. I think they changed it the year after. Yeah. But uh, just being able to do that and be able to feel that and see that. Because, I mean, game speed is such a different thing. Playing in front of 60,000 60, people is a different feeling than what you got. And there's some situations where dudes get hurt and, hey, they have to step in late in the season and they're able to still keep the red shirt. It's a huge asset that you can have to say, hey, I have game reps, but I'm also still a red shirt freshman. So, we're again, we'll, we'll kind of start to dive more into the Iowa game when, when Jeff gets in here, which will be any minute. It's football and random things. Jeff Woody and Colin Newell presented, as always, by our friends at Wiffles Hybrids. Chris Williams sitting in to host for the week. Um, you know, I thought the D-line would be good this year. You always had that, I wonder how you're going to be without Will McDonald because mm-hmm. you can't replace that guy. He's starting in the National Football League. Yeah, He's going to be a threat to be the defensive player of the year for the rookies in the National Football League. You don't replace it. But this Onyetum and yeah. Dominic Orange combo, I don't think, and we've seen great offense, great defensive linemen since Matt Campbell came to Iowa State. Mm-hmm. This feels different with those two as far as the interior goes. And again, like we're going to see more, we're going to see more development when it comes to the outside guys, but this own and orange combo, like I'm a D line guy. It's my favorite position. There we go. It's my favorite position to, you know why it's because I watched so much and Jeff Woody's here. God bless him. I watched so much bad D line play for so long at Iowa state that I just like, I yearn for like a dominant D line. Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen the tone set better than when Dominic Orange rips the helmet off of Theo Day on the first play of the game. I'm really excited about this group. Yeah, I'm I, really, really fired up about those two guys. I mean, you watch that dude and just see how massive he is. Oh, but he can move. He can. He's yeah. strong. He wants to go out there and he like. You talk about violence on the O line. Like that dude brings violence to the D line. Yeah, like no other. And and To. 
I mean, that dude, he would be on scout team against us when I was there. And it was, when you saw him run down there, it was like, oh, man, it's going to be a long day. He had seven tackles in the first half. He's so strong. He's fast. Like, it was a matter of time until he figured out how to put it all together because he had that natural ability. He had that strength and just the, the playmaking ability. Seven tackles, that defensive line, that's, that's impressive. He's really good. And I think the, the plays that we saw him make, him get to the quarterback but also stop the run, I mean, it's going to be an exciting time to watch him continue to develop throughout this season. Jeff Woody's in the house. What's up, brother? Hi, everybody. Sorry, I had a, uh, a, an OB appointment. With uh, with my wife, and as much as I like you guys, those uh, it's a priority. Those OB appointments, they go well. It, everything's fine. Just had to get, I ha- ask some questions, had to I, get some shots. Few times in my life has my anxiety been worse than those OB appointments. Everything's lose, we're all good. It, we just had to sit in between, like you get, uh, had to get a blood draw for something because she's entering the third trimester. So oh, like, yeah. you got to get the Rogam shot, whatever. So. Had oh, I had to do the, that, the Rogam shot, because oh, yeah. of the blood thing. Yeah. The, yeah. Had to, so I'd wait outside the uh, the lab for like oh, yeah. 20 minutes. God. So it would have been here. Probably could have just called in, just sitting in the waiting room. But yeah, oh. we're all good. Well, we just decided to start because we have so much to talk about. So Colin's week. got a job. He has to go save people money. <laughs> well, Aiden's got to get to class, too. So oh, yeah. we what got, a baby. We got a lot of, we got a lot of stuff going on. Can't get good grades here. and not go to class. <laughs> yeah. you, we got to get him to, it's just <laughs> we gotta get him to graduation so he can come and work for us here right. full time. So we're, we're looking forward to that. Um, we're, we, we hammered out the O-line. Uh, we were just getting into the D line. I'll tell you, let's just dive into Iowa. Is that cool with you guys? That's awesome. Football and random things were presented by Wiffles Hybrids. He, I've seen a lot of these Cyhawk games over the years where I felt like Iowa State outplayed them. And, and this is to their credit what Iowa does to people. And we've mm-hmm. seen Bill Snyder do this a lot over the years too. But I felt like a lot of times, a couple when you played, for sure, Colin. Yeah. Jeff, man, that was so long ago. I don't even remember those games uh, anymore. Seven, it was back in the 1830s. Jeff, did you play Iowa and trip that triple overtime game? Was it like 2012? Yeah. 20, it was 2011. 2011. Yep. Yep, 2011 yeah. I still have the text message when John Miller thought that Steel Jance was a Heisman candidate. <laughs> <laughs> John Miller was like, God, this Jance guy is really He's good. He is. I mean, his ceiling was good. His floor was just very low. Like, he was also I mean, a great dude, but like the mistakes he didn't make, what are you doing? But on the, when he was, when Steel was on, there is no there. I have never played with or against a better player other than RG three at quarterback when he was at his best. Yeah, wow. I mean that's high praise, but I've I don't know if I he was really freaking good when he was yeah when he was on, but yeah. the floor was was lower when he wasn't. <laughs> is Barnett still at Roosevelt? Yeah, still is. We gotta get him in sometime. That'd be, That'd fun. be fun. I really like JB. He was a great guy. He's got two young kids, and he's coaching a th- uh, football team. So scheduling becomes yeah. the problem. Well, off Jared. season we'll get Jared in because I think it'd be fun to break those days down, live, live those days. So my my fear on this game because I actually like Iowa State a lot. Like I'm I'm more confident than I usually am going into this game. Yep. And it really has more to do with Iowa State than it does Iowa. I think that they're going to be fine. Like, they are they were bad on special teams. They'll clean it up. A lot of their defensive stuff, they'll clean it up. I mean, Cooper DeGene had a drop pick six. They had a couple drop touchdowns. They really should have won that game by 30, okay? So, like, mm-hmm. I am not overreacting to them. They're the same. I like Iowa State. What we saw, my fear is I've seen so many of these Seahawks games, Jeff, where I feel like Iowa State outplays them. But Iowa State has three turnovers to none. And Rocco Beck, I think, was great. Game manager, all the stuff you asked him for. He hasn't seen what he's about to experience on Saturday. Where are you at on that? 
So I think the the thing that's so we Grant and I talked about it on kicking it yesterday. We recorded last night, and there's one thing that that gives me a lot more confidence than in years past. So the statistic of hidden yardage. I don't know. Did you guys ever go through like in special teams meetings? Did mm-hmm. you go through hidden yardage yeah. as a stat? Yeah. So we when we would do it. Uh, we do hidden Shane Burnham was the guy who was doing the coordinating, uh, and he would do hidden yardage as an, so basically an average starting field position versus your average starting field position. So it's not, it's mostly special teams, but if a defense gets a stop on the 10 and they punt to the 50, that's a much easier field position start than if the defense allows them to drive to the plus 45 and they punt to the two. So a lot of it's defense and special teams kind of together. And then your offense driving and whatever. And when we were playing, it was just if our, our average starting field position was the thir- our own 35 and their average starting field position was the 25, then you'd win that by 10 yards versus an easier way to quantify that and understand that is if you multiply that out by the number of possessions that were held and then you just say, this is how many yards the opponent would have to get in order to get to where we started with the ball. So if I'm on the Iowa State roster and we average starting on the 35 and they st- are started averaging on the 25, Every single drive, they have to get one first down, and then we're starting at the same spot. So I get a head start by this many yards. So hidden yardage, when you have a pick six, that's a whole offensive drive that I don't have to do. So mm-hmm. like in order to get to make up the amount that that pick six just gave, you have to get 100 yards because that's all the way down. So including, I asked Mahoney this, and, and I'll ask you guys, including a pick six, not using like a, a plus 10 or whatever, like the total number of yards that Iowa started in or Iowa State started in front of you and I in just the first half because the back half got weird. Yeah. How many yards do you think you and I had to gain to to get to the equivalent amount that Iowa State had? A lot. A lot. What's a number? Like I want I want to see what your number is. 70 yards. Colin? I'm gonna go over that 80. 209. <laughs> wow. wow. So when you're watching that That's game. That's incredible stat. So when you were watching that game on in the first half of the UNI game, and you look and you're like, Iowa State only had 150 yards or whatever it was. You and I had 85 yards. Iowa State started 209 yards in front of them and then had 150 yards. So it's the equivalent of Northern or of Iowa State having like 350 yards of offense in that first half. That's what Iowa does against everybody. Mm-hmm. This special teams unit, assuming that this is not a blip, that Iowa State's punt unit, because I mean the, the ball traject the ball flight on Tyler Perkins punt Holy was great. Buckets. It was it's what you want like a golf shot to be. You don't want it to be straight up in the air. You want it to like take off a little bit, catch the nose of the football up, and then drop back down. So assuming that's not a blip, Iowa State can match Iowa in those special teams units, forcing the offense to gain. So like in in years past, Iowa gets an interception or the 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 year that you guys, you know, set top the, the game day game mm-hmm. when it was four turnovers. Mm-hmm. Well, I was starting in plus territory every single time. I, I still remember Iowa had 16 yeah. yards of offense in the second half of that game and still won yep. because of hidden yards. Yeah, it felt like they were dominating too in the weird, like, yeah, you know, like when they do that, it, it, it but they like Colin, they had a block punt and they had two punts that almost got blocked like yeah. they weren't great so this iowa state unit okay. can compete with iowa's special teams forcing it to be an offense and defense versus each other game because the special teams unit should offset so iowa will have to earn this game much more than they have to in the past because they're not likely to get that head start that they would have in the past so it comes down then to can iowa's offense execute against iowa state's defense 
better than Iowa State's offense can execute against Iowa's defense. And to that, I don't know. But I'm much less concerned about those weird, like, I mean, how is Iowa up 17? Even last year's game, like, Iowa State won, but they shouldn't have. They shouldn't have. Yeah, with all the mistakes. Exactly. I would just yeah. made more of them. There was just more mistakes. But if you look at like the total yardage of that game and stuff, Iowa State killed them. Yeah. You know, they were but running was, up, but then you'd fumble on the one yard line. And yeah, how many yards. blocks pumped? Yeah, it's hidden yeah. yards. It's two. They had two drives that started inside the 25, inside, inside Iowa State's 25 because of two blocked punts. So you add those yards in. If I get the ball on the, t- and I only have 10 yards to gain, and you get the ball, but you have 98 yards to go. You can gain 50 yards and still have to punt. I can gain negative six and kick a field goal. So where you start is a huge difference in this. And this is the first year, again, assuming the special teams quality that we saw against you and I is not a blip. That is a huge equalizer going into this game. I think one thing to think about this game, too, is is the number of plays that are happening across college football. Yeah. If we Good have point. any turnover, if you if you win the turnover battle in college football right now, you're going to get extra possession. Like, you're already yeah. getting extra possession, but you're also going to get extra reps. So if you're holding Iowa to 30, 40 reps on offense, that's going to be a fresh defense that's out there. All right. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Rocco Becht, we all loved what we saw on Saturday. Really efficient, uh, 10 of 13, I think 118 yards, two touchdowns. He ran for one. I thought it, I thought he was his progressions were great. You know, he was seeing the field very well, much better than the true freshman, J.J. Cole. I think that you would expect that. How confident are you, Colin, that he can carry that over against a much better defense in the University of Iowa? I think I think he he showed that he's going to go to his tight ends. He's not going to be forced to throw the ball. Yeah, targeted him half the time. Half the time. If you can get five ten yard outs on on those guys and and have that security blanket stay efficient on offense, um, hopefully run the ball a little bit and not not get in third and ten third and long situations and and you're able to uh, you know be efficient and, and check the ball down there. I think that we're going to be he's going to be in a good situation. That's just a, a confidence booster for him. Um, and certainly something that uh, the team can rally around. What about you, Jeff? Uh, I think when we were doing the previews and whatever speaking engagement, I'm sure you had the same thing when, you know, someone comes out and asks you to, or someone asks you to come out and talk to their group or whatever. And the question is always, who's going to start? And uh, my answer is almost always Rocco. He's just more experienced. And what I saw on on Saturday, it reinforces that point. And JJ will get there. He's just, he's a baby and things are going fast. Yes. And, um, but with Rocco being out there, w- w- my answer to that question, when everyone said that is it doesn't matter who's playing out there. It will be more in rhythm than we saw last year. And 
the thing that give again i feel more confident is that he's going to be asked to do less because it's less remarkable what he's doing meaning it's first and ten you know it's better than second and ten second and six yeah and you know it's better than third and nine third and two and so you're not trying to gain 15 yards on every single play a lot of what he would do is you're going to get a tight end you're gonna be like gabe burkle bodied up against a safety and i'm going to throw it his inside shoulder is going to be a catch tackle and it's going to be second and six mm-hmm. and it's not sexy it's not fancy it's just that that play has a really high floor that like burkle breaks a tackle or Brommer on that one it was a wheel route he mm-hmm. outran a safety which is wild that a a dude that big is just galloping away from a safety but you have you put a the, put the ball into a guy's hands and then just let him go do something and see what happens iowa you're probably not going to get a lot of those broken tackle big plays but if you can consistently drive and get 35 yards on a drive and then punt it to their two force iowa to do something and come back so it feels like the the mistakes that he is liable to make are going to be less less severe than what we saw last year out of Hunter Deckers. So I th- am I conf- I'm more confident with Rocco in this offense, not because he's trying to do crazy things. It's because he's got a bunch of big dudes that he can throw to for five yards and mm-hmm. then just do that all the way down the field. So, yeah, I, I think that's the the way the offense is going to look is going to be just in rhythm, insist like inside the system style offense, which is I mean, that's what brock did and that's why he was the the best quarterback to ever play yep he does have a weird kind of reminds you of a young brock yeah i same body type and like when he was seeing the field more the other day like compared to we didn't see much of him from last year like i i don't really even count any of that but i i kind of thought the same thing yeah, do I, think you, he's do you extremely, I think he's extremely efficient you could tell that people were rallying around him you know there was the times when we didn't really have many series where he goes out there and it's three and out or yeah. um, inefficiency you know he's putting the ball right on target and, and kind of like what he was saying there like five yards a pop is is pretty pretty efficient there the running backs that run that Norton had to start that when it got called back for holding I think the holding was on uh, Noel. Uh, Noel. Noel. yeah Noel got called for the holding on that one we didn't see that last year from Cartevius Norton like that was a different level of twitch from him. Now he was hurt all last year, which is important, but kind of wore down a little bit where we didn't. But I'm I'm really pretty encouraged, Jeff, with him and this him and Sama. Like that feels like a pretty good one-two punch for me. If you can, if that line can keep coming around. What did you think of those guys? 100. percent And I mean, I am on record as saying that the guys that I expected to play would be. Norton's going to be your dog because he's 6'1", 230. And if he can scoot a little bit, like if he can play David Montgomery football, like that's amazing because David Montgomery, I don't know the number of times that he had a 40-yard run, but he had a ton of 12-yard runs. Yeah, And that's the thing that, that especially against a defense like Iowa's, where they're, they're built to not give up chunk plays. Like everything they do is to not, they play really high safeties most of the time. They're going to play cover two or cover four. And they just trust their defensive line is going to play a two gap let their linebackers make a play so if you can break one tackle you're not going to probably run for 70 like that's why one of the things that like i think is is misconstrued often is when people are like this dude's really fast he's going to be a great running back i i think um 
Kirk Holland was one of the people he look actually looked up this statistic. It was something like 16 runs in Brees Hall's best year in 2021. It's like 16 runs were 20 yards or more. He had what 200 carries that year, and 16 of them were further than 20 yards, which means the all the rest of them are underneath that. Yeah. So your big physical running back, if he can see it, if he can be a little bit twitchy to find and create some space by himself, it makes your job easier Absolutely. because then if you have if YA Black, big defensive lineman, if if I as a running back have to hit him square on, I'm dead dead in the, dead in the water. But if you can just get most of a body on him, and Norton can kind of rip through and turn a one yard gain into a four yard gain because I can drag a dude, we're in second and six. And so Norton, that's the way that this offense is going to be successful. And then whoever the home run hitter is, like Sama saw it better. Uh, I he's I mean he's a historic long jumper, crazy athlete, still had more balance than I think you than a lot of people expected. Um, and whether it's Eli Sanders, it doesn't matter, but you have one guy that every once in a while can just pop one when the defense is tired. But the way with 700 tight ends that are 260 pounds and you have a two, 325 offense pound offensive line and you got uh, St- Steve O'Klotz that's going to come in and lead the way. And then you have a 230 pound line ba- or uh, running back. That's the offense that it wants to be. So the running backs looked good because they played within the system that they're meant to play with and played super physical and just made two or three extra yards on top of whatever they would have normally gotten. All right, we're short on time here, so I want to get right to Iowa. Colin, what is it about this defense? We we all know about Iowa State's defense, right? Yep. And yep. the three down linemen, the dime stack, all that stuff, John Haycock's system. What is it about Iowa's defense that is so hard to play against? They don't make mistakes. They are they are so good at doing their job, each individual, that they're not going to allow the big play. Kind of like Woody had said, they're like they're they're going to play deep, and their their defensive linemen are going to play the defensive or offensive line and be able to play either gap. And then hey, if ball runs there, hey, I'm going to fall off this way. If ball runs the other way, I'm going to fall off this way. Um, allowing the linebackers to be freed up and, and eat up double teams on that uh, first level so offensive linemen can struggle to get to the second level and bl- get to their linebackers. Um, I think that they just, they're, they're so well coached. Yeah. You know, their scheme works well. They know exactly how they want to play. And they've been doing it for 15, 20 years and had a lot of ex- a lot of success at it. So you see guys go out there and operate efficiently in front of you when you're a young guy. Hey, this is what it takes to play and be really good at Iowa. Hey, you have that culture of I need to do that to be able to get on the field. Jeff, did you see anything, any soft spots in that defense? Because Utah State was moving the ball. I mean, more than I thought that they would. Again, I'm not going to overreact too much to that game, but they do, did you see anything when so you watched it? They play a very different offense than Iowa State's going to play. Like they 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 barely ran the ball between the tackles. Like mo- they were playing four or five wide pretty much the entire game and would every once in a while mix in an inside the box run that's not really where i was at their strength but what i would say the the defensive line is iowa's defensive line and and like the thing he was saying is like they don't make mistakes but i bet right now if i gave you any offensive formation you could probably draw iowa's defense oh yeah right absolutely like you've seen they don't change you saw it four times i saw it four times it doesn't it's the exact same it, no matter who's the defensive coordinator, it is exactly the same. And they just do it really well. But the things that they have, I think that Iowa State will be able to take advantage of. The biggest matchup to me is Iowa State's tight ends and running backs versus the Iowa linebackers. Because Higgins, I think 34, yeah. is, the, is the he's a fire plug. He like 17 tackles. Well, or- he should. The way that they run their defense. So he was saying a two-gap. Two-gap technique 
is literally defensive line is just extends in the middle of your chest as an offensive lineman and he just looks over your shoulder and if you're running to as if i'm the defender and you're running to my left i go to my left and i throw the i try and throw the offensive lineman to my right so on my right is a pile of offensive linemen can't run through that on my left is me and that two gap technique worst case scenario for them is that I'm holding up this guard so you can't get up to the linebacker. So the linebackers just get to run around and do whatever they want. So in Iowa's, in Iowa's defense, their leading tacklers by a long ways should be their linebackers. Iowa State plays their safeties a lot more aggressively up. So Iowa State's leading tacklers, safeties, linebackers, doesn't really matter. So the dude had like 17 tackles, but he should because the defensive line did a really good job. But put him in a position where he's got to cover Gabe Burkle, where he's got to cover Tyler Moore, where he's got to potentially get out on a route against somebody else, and he's got to cover and play in space. I think that's the big matchup is do Iowa State's tight ends and running backs, are they able to take advantage of the linebackers? Because Jack Campbell was one of the best to ever play linebacker at the storied history of Iowa's linebackers. Yeah. But he's not there. He's not the six four athletic dude is a first round draft pick not there anymore and now you're going to have to match up against really athletic tight ends i think that's the matchup that if i was to is to have success on offense against that defense i think that's where the advantage lies is the big athletic tight ends that iowa state has against linebackers who are slightly less athletic than they were last year colin is a is a novice observer i i i, I got frustrated a couple times when you guys lost iowa because I was like, yeah, Colin, why'd you do that? <laughs> well, no, hear me out. And I, I want to pick your brain on this because it goes off of what you were saying. Because I, I always looked at it like, why are we trying to run two tight ends against that defense? Because we're playing right into what they want. Um, I, I get what do you think about that? Or is is what we think Iowa State's offense is going to be this year? Does that play into Iowa? Yeah, I think I think honestly, this game is one with special teams. And taking care of the football. Yeah. We know what they're going to do on offense. We know what they're going to do on defense. And they know they historically have really good special teams. So yeah, I and think they're pretty open about it, too. Like, they yeah, don't change. Much. They're not going to change. So I think if we can go out there and, and win a turnover battle, it's going to be a good situation. I think it's it's you have to be Iowa by out executing them. You know, they don't good give point. up chunk plays. And if you can go out there. So I'm overthinking it. Oh, yeah. I, the, I, I think the so, years yeah. that I'm talking about, too, Iowa State had three turnovers to none. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's yeah. three, you know, kind of like the hidden yardage that we talk about. Yeah. It, it just kills you when you when you get in those situations. And you don't have to be high-scoring offense for them to win a game if they can create two two turnovers a game and then pin people on the two-yard line. I did laugh at your boy, Charlie Kohler. Did you see his tweet? I loved it. Yeah. I, I I think everyone was thinking that, man, oh, man, just going out there and actually convincingly beating you and I and not being in a dogfight till the fourth quarter yeah. overtime. It's yeah. Man, NFL tight end nice. Charlie Kohler, for those who missed it, tweets out during the game. I never got to play in a blowout of Northern Iowa. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Must man. Be nice. To get uh, 30 guys into the game would be super nice. Yeah, was it 36 guys had a defensive statistic in that game? <laughs> it's wild. That is an incredible number, even for if you're putting your backups in. Like, that's backups and third stringers rotating in. And I don't know how many guys recorded an offensive statistic or an offensive snap, but I bet 60 to 70 dudes played Wild. a snap on Saturday. Well, we got to get going. Aiden's got to get to class. Appreciate you guys. Uh, this was great analysis. Do you have a – you don't have to give a prediction yet. It's only Tuesday, but I – I feel a lot better about Iowa State now and after watching a lot of the Big 12 games. I thought Iowa State would be okay. Right? Yeah. It was but seeing the just seeing them out there made me feel a lot better and then the Big 12 had a disastrous weekend. Like there's a lot of there's a lot of potential wins out there for this team. 
Yeah. And I, this is one of the things that like TCU, the TCU losing to Colorado, not super surprising because they lost their offensive coordinator, their Davey O'Brien winning quarterback, their first round wide receiver and the running back who made everything go and one or two of their offensive linemen. They lost all of that. And they still managed to score 42 points, but like their defense wasn't any good. Now you don't have Mr. Moxie back there at quarterback. Like it, it was going to happen. Tech. I don't know why the hype train existed for tech anyway. Like I've never until you show me otherwise, same thing with Texas. Like the, everything's one of the worst scheduling jobs in history. Playing it at 5,000 feet or 7,000 opener in your opener on the road. I get it. And like the third game of the year, that's a terrible decision to go there in the opener. Yeah, everybody's amped up. That Wyoming crowd was huge. You're gassed well, because yeah. it's going at to, altitude. Yeah, those people they have a halfway decent football history too. It's not like it's going into somewhere where it's Baylor's loss to Texas State was one of the biggest upsets I've ever seen in this sport. That uh, I, I don't know much about. Are they Texas State has no business even being on the same field as Baylor? If you know a lot about Texas football, I and didn't get to watch that. My God, I wonder I if I've seen it either. I wonder if that's a, like a Louisiana Monroe game at the beginning of. I mean that that was also one where Louisiana Monroe's probably got a better history than Texas State does. But like yeah. by the end of that season, they wrecked a, you guys right at the ship. Yeah, and managed to get back focus. So like, yeah. don't throw the baby out with the bathwater on every single one of these. But that one that feels like a, a wake up slap. Blake Shapen's Blake Shapen is out two to three weeks as well, so he may not be back. For they could realistically be in a real. They, they got Utah this week. Ooh, that's not easier. They're that's talking about this fight. Yeah, that's a they're going to get their asses thing. kicked. I think. All right, I love you guys. Good job. Appreciate it. Thanks to Aiden for producing our presenting sponsor, Wiffles Hybrids. Uh, you know where to find us here on the Psycho and Fanatic Podcast Network. Thanks for watching. If you're on the YouTube feed, thanks for listening anywhere you listen to your podcast. Uh, we got a lot more coming up this week here on the Psycho and Fanatic Podcast Network.